listening to the Eccentric Section Podcast with your hosts Breezy Getem and Jody Bro. On today's show, we're joined by a guest we've been very excited to have, also a frequently requested guest, current IWC Super Indie Champ, Imagine Wrestling Heavyweight Champion. He is big time, Bill Collier. Welcome oh, to the show, yeah. Bill. How's it going, guys? It's uh, it's good to feel requested. I got I got to admit. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! It's been a long time coming. We've wanted you on for a while now, especially after some of these crazy ass matches you keep having. Oh yeah, yeah, man. I mean, some of these matches are kind of taking their toll on my body a little bit. You guys got to get me while you can. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent, man. Um, we're definitely glad you took time out of your day. Maybe, maybe young Tony putting that squeeze on you was beneficial for us. You can get you on the pod for the one time. Absolutely. And by the way, that's a, that's a 100% shoot, man. I, uh, I have a broken foot right now. 100% ah, shoot. damn it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I initially hurt my foot in the first uh, match with Matt Justice when I come out of the bout. And um, I remember hitting the ground and thinking, oh, damn, that didn't feel good. And then I picked up Matt and I, I walked into the ring. I'm getting up a bunch of messages and shit. Um, I picked him up and I walked into the ring and I thought, no, I'm all right. My foot's I'm good. I'm good. Don't worry about it. We get in the ring. We finish the match. And uh, a little bit later, I was like, ooh, that's, it's, it's a little tender. And then the next day, like the pain really kicked in. God damn. And, yeah. So I've been working on what I think it was a hairline fracture in my heel for the last two months. Wow, yeah, I wouldn't even have noticed. Yeah, hairline fracture in my heel the last two months. And I rolled out of the ring. Like the first thing me and uh, young Tony did, I rolled out of the ring to chase him around. And um, as soon as I hit the floor and I planted my foot, it felt like somebody hit me in the heel with a baseball bat. God damn it. We weren't, dude, we weren't a minute into that thing. And I was like, here we go. I was like, yes, fuck. I hope it's not a torn muscle. So I rolled back in and he ducks a clothesline. He ducks the back elbow, and if you watch, I never move my feet, like, at all. And then I pick him up, and I press him on one foot. Dude, yeah, you do. I'm just like, oh, my God, here we go. So I throw him, and I tried to take a step and couldn't put any weight on my my left foot at all. I was like, how the hell am I going to get through this? What am I going to do? I looked at CJ, I was like, what am I going to do? Dude, you guys made it look like it was fucking – a piece of cake, though, because, uh, I mean, as a fan, we could tell you were, something was bothering you. But, I mean, to wrestle a match, you guys had – but honestly, dude, the last four shows, I'd say all your matches have been match of the year contenders to me. And especially being that you and Tony's style are so different, you two yeah. had great chemistry in that ring together. I really like um, – I like – a lot of bigger guys, for whatever reason, don't like working with smaller guys. I love it. I love the pacing. I love the story that we can tell. The visuals were amazing, dude. uh, Somebody like young Tony, he was really young. And there were some things I wish he would have done differently. But in the moment when I watched it back, I was like, no, that was good. No, that was good. No, that was good. But other than that, like I like working with smaller guys. I can keep up with their pacing and it's a good story to tell. And like you said, the visual looks great. Yeah. hundred percent brother. Well, typically, whenever we have a guest on the podcast, we normally start out with a couple icebreaker questions, and then from there, we just go based off of let the conversation flow, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, Typically, though, our first question is, what's your first memory of professional wrestling? Oh, wow. Um, I'm not sure that I have like a, a, like a, a standout memory, 
But one of the earlier memories of me like being really excited for wrestling and a wrestling match was the Hogan and Andre WrestleMania three match. I can remember like, wow, this is such a big deal. Cause like, I'm just a kid. And like yeah. Andre, Andre was his friend and he ripped his shirt and his necklace. And, and he's so much bigger than a Hulkster. What's the Hulkster going to do brother. And so that was like one of my, my earliest memories of like being excited for like a wrestling match and wondering like oh man like does the hulkster have it in him to take down the giant yeah so that's my earliest memories i got you well, what about independent wrestling how did you discover it and what was one of your first memories of that um i've always known independent wrestling was there but i wouldn't say i attended like a notable independent wrestling show until i want to say the year 2000 when wrestling was like really hot um, yeah. There was a place in Johnstown called Aces Lounge, and T Ranchula, a Pittsburgh mainstay, was a part of putting that together and making that happen. And Johnstown, I was like, "Wow, this is uh, this is really cool. You know, like this is something that I want to do." So I hit a few more independents, and then I kind of um, like a lot of people, life life happens. So when that happened, it put me training on hold for for quite a while. A lot longer than I wanted it to, but like that was my glimpse into like I saw like what looked like not like the superheroes that you see on TV, but like regular guys that are doing this. It's like I, I can at least do this. I can do this here. I got you. So how long have you been wrestling professionally? Uh, I started training in 2006. I was a little older than most. I'm still older than most now, but um. Uh, 2006 is when I started training and I had my first match in January of 2007. That was in, that was Indiana PA in a, uh, rodeo arena. Oh, shit. oh yeah. Go. That's pretty sick. Did you end up winning? Yes. Yes, I did. I, I was awesome. doing a totally different, uh, totally different thing there. Uh, I was under a mask and like complete body. Saniac, baby. Yeah. Yeah. So you, so you've heard this. We, we did so our homework. Know. Did your homework? So that's the story. Yeah, I was the insaniac. I was the escape mental patient who somehow like showed up at these wrestling events on Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> that's where, awesome, dude. Where can a uh, Bill Collier fan end up getting one of these insaniac masks? Ah, uh, you know what? I'm not sure where I have those. I want to say that uh, they're still with my ex girlfriend. <laughs> if, if we're being honest, I think she still has like all of that. I got you. I got you. When I'm done, but hey, do you still have my insania gear laying around? <laughs> uh, so tell us about your journey thus far. I mean, you've been in the game for pretty pretty decent amount of time. What's like your one of your proudest or favorite moments, or maybe even matches or opponents that you've had? Oh wow! Like um, that's another good question I get, and I'm not sure that I can narrow down like one particular like. Now, obviously, like I did the like stuff at AEW and I did um I got to wrestle John Moxley, which is really fucking cool. Um on the independence, like I don't know that I had more fun in the ring than I did with uh there are three guys that really come to mind. Like when I had like a, like a lot of fun, not so much like in my head, like what are some really great matches, but like guys I had fun working with it was John McChesney, um, Shane Taylor, and Jimmy the Hippie. Like anytime I work with those three guys, like it was a lot of fun. Like I had a lot of fun working with them. The night was easy, especially like not a knock on the other two, like especially John. 
Joan was smooth as silk, man, and he was fun to work with. Do you uh have any post or pre-match like rituals? It needs to get uh whatever it is, it needs to change because I need to stop getting hurt. <laughs> um, <laughs> On this day, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit older. Uh, what's funny is a few years ago, I wasn't so open about how old I was getting. Um, now I kind of wear that like a badge of honor. I'm 40 years old. I'm going to be 41 next month. Well, happy and early birthday, brother. I appreciate that. And, and I still think I'm in better shape than a lot of the guys. I still move around. 100%. With, like guys like Spencer Slade and Cole Carter, I move around with them just fine. But I also take more time to warm up before the matches. Um, the past year or so, I've been training different. But like before the matches, it's a good pre-workout. Um, and I make sure I get a good warm up before I come to the curtain. I mean, like two or three matches before mine, you know, I'm starting to warm up. And it's a heavy warm up routine. I make sure I'm starting to treat my wrestling matches like they're, they're a real fight. I come through the curtain full sweat, ready to go. You just touched on the the war you had with Moxley during your AEW Dark debut, and you also had a couple other cool matches against like Hangman and Dark Order and some of the other great talent that they have down there. So I was wondering, like, what was your experience like down there, and how has it helped you in your wrestling career? Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, AEW is because I've done stuff with WWE too. AEW is a very relaxed environment. Um, we hear that a lot too. Yeah, it's a very relaxed environment in the locker room. It's like you can move around back there. Everything's real cool. Everybody's real relaxed. Everybody's like, again, it's just a cool environment to be a part of. And speaking of Hangman Page, like I was, I really liked my match with Moxley, but again, with Hangman Page, I felt like him and me had a lot of chemistry. Like yeah, I did. felt like we moved around well together. And like if you put me in the ring with him for 20 minutes, man, and we're going to have a banger, we're going to yeah. knock it out. <laughs> absolutely he's a guy that i would love you know a 15 20 minute like let us do what we do once he's that guy like yeah but i was in the ring with him not no no again no not a knock against any of the other guys that i worked with AEW. but like that guy there i was like yeah me and me and this guy had something that we can do something with so is that basically ultimately the goal that you have is to get signed by one of those companies or now is it more of a a hobby that you take uh, a passion i should say not even a hobby a passion you're just going to take until you can't do no more? Um, I thought a few years ago that that's what this was going to be. WWE basically told me at 33 years old in 2014 that, brother, you're too old for this. I thought, like, 33? Yeah. Like, 33? I'm too old? Like, <laughs> I'm too old to be here? And I was in my best shape then. Like, as good a shape as I'm in now – I was in a lot better shape than I was younger. I was, you know, 33 years old. I was in fantastic shape. And I thought, well, this is it. I'll just run this till the wheels come off. I'll just do this until, well, and then AEW, not that I think that uh, that'll happen, but like it lets me think the window is open for that to happen. Like it, it could happen. Yeah. Especially with the, some of the people they bring in on their roster. It's, I, I just like that it's a real healthy mix of just different ages different backgrounds, different everything. It's perfect. And they treat you like you belong when you're there, man. They really do. That's awesome. I also wondered, this is just kind of a little side note I had. I noticed during your entrances, you were being billed from Jacksonville, Florida. Are you actually from there, or was that like a nod to AEW, like, hey, I'll be down there soon? Um, No, that was actually. <laughs> if you want the story behind that, I don't know if the, the guy will remember or not. But um, I was using my regular hometown at Johnstown, and 
when back 10 years ago or 12 years ago or more, the internet was kind of in its infancy and so was social media. Um, so getting bookings was like word of mouth, email, you wrote along with somebody. It wasn't like you send a message and you send a bunch of gifts to yourself doing cool shit. Yeah. You had to do the work. It was hard. But I'm wrestling in places like Pittsburgh and Cleveland and Johnstown, Pennsylvania just didn't quite have that. I sound real local, especially in Pittsburgh. because a lot of people know where Johnstown is. I'm not too far away. I was sitting with Sam Adonis and he's like, dude, you got to say you're from somewhere like cool. Like, look at you. You're big. You're jacked up. What, you know, we got to do something. So him and me start sitting down. And just by happenstance, Jacksonville, Florida is what we come up with. And I want to say I started using that in about 2010. Okay. As we've been doing these podcasts, I, I've been paying attention even to more detail, like the entrances and stuff, as far as like where people were being billed from and like how lately we just said on our uh, review show about how a lot of teams now are coming up by like a combined shoe size of this or like silly yeah. little things. You know what I mean? Like there's little Easter eggs here and there. And that's why I wasn't sure if that Jacksonville was just maybe like a little hint of, of what's to come, but. That Jacksonville is, is purely coincidental. <laughs> All right, perfect. Uh, this week, uh, PWI put out their top 500. And yes. unfortunately, I didn't see your name there. I could be wrong, but I didn't see it. I, I don't think it is. I think this is the second year in a row. Um, they have all new editors. It's a whole new format. And they lost a lot of their credibility to me because some of the people I see on this list, and there's a lot of people that are well-deserved to be on there, but not Thank only you. was the order super weird to me but the fact that there's people on there that i'm not gonna say because i'm not gonna shit on them but yeah, yeah and absolutely. then you're not on there i'm just like come on now like let's get real that's been a even with the old format and the old writers and the old editors that's been something we've talked about for years and years like this guy's on here but this guy isn't yeah. like this is this number and this guy's and it's it's cool to be on the list um I think I was on it like 10, 11, or 12 years in a row or something like that. Holy so, shit. yeah, it's so I've done it. It's not like it's not an unfamiliar thing to me. The list isn't um, as much of a validation for me today as it would have been, you know, the first like two or three times I was on it. But um, for those people that made it, like, cool, congratulations, man. Like, you did something right. You caught somebody's attention and you're on that list. And, congratulations to whoever the 500 because i believe they added like men and women to it recently mm -hmm. um so it is like i said the format is a little different i am not either for nor against you know however they do it however they do it's fine with me yeah. um but for me at this stage like uh, the, the top 500 list I, I don't need that for validation yeah. like the top 500 list doesn't book me the top 500 list doesn't pay me so i mean that it is what it is but congratulations to those 500 speaking of that that was actually going to be one of my next questions is the times that you were on the the 500 could did it help you change like your booking fees and all of that as like hey look i'm in here so i want paid more like does that type of thing exist or is it more of just like a like that type of thing exists, but not so much for me. Like I never use the top 500 as a reason to ask for more money. Um, I, not to brag, but like my envelope's pretty heavy most places I go. Um, and it isn't so much based on like, I've had a TV experience before. I, I've just recently got some uh, exposure again. It's not because of a 500 list. It's from my consistent work rate. 
Yeah. Like when a promoter books me and he knows what he's getting and I, I shoot them my price, it's not usually a problem because they know that when I show up, they're going to get their money's worth as, as far as match quality alone is concerned. Yeah, um, 100%. I, if a promoter questions that, then he, he doesn't know, like he doesn't know me. He doesn't know what I bring to the table. I've had a few. Um, I won't name his name, but like one in New York, I shot him my price and he, he knows I'm kind of, I'm living in New York now. And this was a few years ago. And he says, well, that seems a little high with you living in New York. I mean, I thought, you know, it would be a little cheaper because you're a little closer. I said, you're not paying for my transit, man. You're paying for my work rate. Yeah. And he's like, oh, oh, okay. Okay. Well, I didn't hear back. So I mean, that let me know all I needed to know. Yeah. I hear that brother. Well, speaking of your work, work rate, like I said, last four shows, I'd say all have been match of the year contenders in my opinion um the two that definitely stick out obviously are the two with you and justice and singles competition um i was wondering the chemistry you guys had together looked like you guys have been wrestling each other every night for fucking 10 years in my opinion what was the preparation like going into those matches and how difficult was it adjusting to like adding more of a hardcore pace to you like since i've been around you i haven't seen much of a hardcore style but you made it look like you've been doing that shit for years um, I, I probably do about two or three of those a year. So, I mean, like I, I have like good experience with those. Um, I've done a lot of those with, with uh, Crimson, um, him and Warchild. I've done those like up in Erie, particularly, I, I'll do quite a bit of those. Like with John McChesney, we've done all me and John McChesney have done it. You can think of the match. Chances are we've done it. Um, but, uh, as far as like wrestling him every night, I, we do have good chemistry. But I want to say we prior to the the first hardcore match, uh, maybe two or three times we wrestled, maybe. Fuck, dude! In, you guys make years. it look like you've been doing it for years. <laughs> in ten years, uh, I want to say we did one in two thousand nine, and then maybe one in like two thousand twelve or thirteen, and I think there was one more in between. I can't be sure. Um, it, it's not a lot. Like I've seen him around a lot, but we haven't had a lot of like touches, so to speak. I'm surprised too, especially with your guys's like size being pretty, pretty close to being similar. And that like, you, you'd think that'd be a match that would want to be booked everywhere. And I'm sure there's going to be promoters out there that see what you guys did at IWC and are going to want that on their platform. I, I'm thankful for IWC. They put me in the ring with Josh Alexander. Like I don't usually say I don't usually point out guys and say you know, like that I, I want to work with that guy there I want to work with, Josh Alexander was on that list man like that list is real short for me Josh Alexander was on it and like that was one I was really looking forward to. Is there anybody on that list you'd be willing to share with us that you haven't yet? Um, there okay there's a there's a wrestler in Canada it goes by the name of Tarek I've seen Tarek around. Um, Tarek and I think him and me would have phenomenal chemistry as well. Um, when I watch his work, I'm like, wow, this guy's physical. He hits hard. He's built well, not quite as big as I am. Um, but man, like he's well built. He's physical. He moves around great when I'm like, man, that guy right there. Uh, two guys I can think of from the Maryland area is um, one of them's name is Drawlix. And the other one is Ken Dixon, who does stuff at Ring of Honor. Those are three guys that come to mind like right away that I'd like to have matches with. I think we'd have good chemistry. They'd be really physical. 
and nobody would get hurt and they'd be entertaining for the audience. Yeah, 100%. Well, if any promoters are listening, let's get those matches booked. Oh, yeah. yeah let's get those matches to happen. Um, Canada, Tarek, and anywhere near Baltimore, Drawlix or Ken Dixon. Let's do those. For but sure. um, I'm excited for the possibilities of Super Indy 20. Yeah. Well, I want to get to that in a second, Bill. But real quick, yep. before we get past the justice talk, I was wondering, yeah. uh, so what was going through your guys' mind when you're up on that balcony? Like, Okay. I, I, and I'm did sure. you guys get any heat for it? That's the second part I wanted to know. I'm not sure that I, if, if I should say this, but you know, you're going to hear it first before anyone else does. And um, Matt, I'm sorry, but we're going to talk about it. <laughs> so I didn't really have a game plan. I knew like the hardcore style is more his thing than mine. Um, we both had the same idea for an outline as far as like how to do it. I was going to let him, I don't do this often, but it was more his game than it is mine. So I said, look, I'll just turn it over to you and I'll just plug myself in where I think, you know, my shit fits. So we're going over stuff and he's the balcony and he's going to come off the balcony. I was like, you crazy fuck. There's no way I would have told, I would have told me no. Yeah. I would have looked at him flat in my face and said, fuck, you're throwing me off there. Get the fuck out of here. What do you <laughs> think this is? So, uh, no, we didn't get any heat. But when we're up there, um, the press slam is was not the original idea. It's what it ended up becoming. And Was it because his, it was the safer option? Absolutely it was. And he fucking talked me into it. He says, look, it was going to be like the shit can over the top. And uh, – I was like, okay, well, what do you think about this for the visual? I said, you know, something, a big press and out the back and we'll do the shit. And he goes, no, 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 no. He's like, just do the press. I was like, no, I just thought it'd be cool to have him in the press and walk up to the rail. The whole fucking place would go ape shit. Yeah, and dump him. Yeah, and he was like, no, just do it. I was like, what do you mean just do it? I was like, <laughs> you're putting your life in my hands. It's like, when you're jumping over, you're kind of doing it yourself. Yeah. Well, he made two points. He said, first of all, it's going to be dark. I'm not going to be able to see that table. They're going to have a spotlight in our eyes. He says, I'm not going to know until I clear that rail and it's too late, whether I'm like my trajectory is right or not. He goes, at least you can pick me up, look, see where I'm headed and guide me. I was like, he's right. The fucking genius. Son of a bitch. How am I going to like, I was like, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Because I would have told me no. I would have told me to go get bent. <laughs> but uh he was like yeah man yeah man so we get up there and again i apologize matt um because i'm telling the story but we get up there and it's time for the spot to go and the thing he said to me before i picked him up was like man i, I really gotta fucking take care of this guy now man i grab him go to pick him up he goes all right big fella i love you i trust you i was like Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so off he goes, man. And I wish there was an angle where you could watch me instead of because like it was such a spectacular thing of him like coming over the rail and going to the table. But like if you could watch me, man, I probably look like a kid that just broke a car window. I'm like, oh man, when he hit the table, I seen him kind of move and I and I knew he was okay because of course we had like uh Bill Alfonso down there. It's like this is what we need to do. So I know he's okay. And everyone did what we needed to do. I knew he was okay. Now it's my turn to come off. Now the original idea for me wasn't to just jump, like just step over and jump. 
I was going to dive like taker style, like over you the sick fuck. Yeah, no, Jesus. So the thing that kept me from that was all we had is uh trainees to catch me. So I thought, no, I tend to get even from the ring to the outside, I tend to go as I go over, I tend to start getting head heavy and my head starts to the ground first. If that happens and You're those trainees, yeah, if those trainees get scared, I die here at court time. Like I Fuck. die in the floor. And um, so I thought, no, I'll just jump out and I'll, I'll elbow or cross body or something. And at the last minute, I thought, I just don't know if I trust these guys enough. And nothing, not against them. It's like I'm in my own head here now. Uh, I wish I'd have had a table to jump on. I know it would have been there for me. And that's when I decided I'm just going to jump out, elbow out, and hope I hit something. And, of course, I go right through everyone, right to the floor. <laughs> Visually, though, I don't think anybody – I think everybody was just more impressed with the fact of, oh, shit. You just threw somebody and now you're jumping off of it. Yeah, I didn't expect you to fly. And here I come. Yeah, but the original idea was for me to, to dive over. Like, oh, fuck. Geez. I don't know if I could have handled that, Bill. No, no way. Fuck. <laughs> we get back in the ring and he's okay. I'm okay. And we get rolling and uh, we had it right to the finish. And Bill Alfonso was there and helped out. And I thought he added a, a great oh, 100%. oh, yeah, he really did. Not just that, yeah. but Bill Alfonso, that was the first time meeting him was that first show. And I got to say, that might be one of the nicest human beings I think I've ever met. Absolutely, man. He, like, by the end of the second match with him, like the cage match, he uh, big hug, big kiss, man. He, he was such a good guy. And he added so much. Like, we, we just still had the great match without him. But he added so much to that. I loved having him a part of that because he added to that. Like some dipshit managers will take away from what the guys are doing in the ring. He added so much to that. hundred percent, dude. And luckily I was uh, able to get a piece of that table from that cage match. I just got to yes. ask, where the fuck did you guys get a table as long as the last supper? That thing was so long that you had to clear fans out of the way to get it in the fucking cage. I don't know. I just kind of, I just kind of show up and these things are there. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's all I do these days is I just show up. <laughs> uh, with your injury, did you get any kind of update on the expected recovery time? Normal expected recovery time for a broken heel um, that I'm suffering now is three to four months. Fuck. I have, however, I have zero intentions on missing any upcoming events and i'm glad we're, we're gonna segue right into that we'll get right into this saturday's event you're medically not cleared but you're gonna defend your title anyway against the bosnian bonebreaker tito which yep and on um, top of that it's fans bring weapons like are you crazy ideally it's gonna be easier because i'm gonna be able to dictate the pace then hopefully smack the piss out of him with a bunch of stuff that the fans need <laughs> to do but um Tito, I really like the uh, I like the idea of working with Tito. Yeah. Um, he's big, he's imposing, he's physical, and he doesn't hurt me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, um, I think Tito's going to. I, I liked his match against Chris Masters. Um, a lot of times when you bring in a name like that, the name do, really doesn't want to do much. And I'll be damned, man. Chris Masters, like he he had a match, man. Yeah, he no had, doubt. You know, and made Tito look good. And like he should, but uh, Tito Orich is a, uh, I'd say in the next year or so, man, he, if he's not on top of IWC, so, somebody's got some screws loose, man. 
hundred percent agree with you, dude, especially for him only being in it as long as he's been in it and having that main event with palace and now with masters and going against you for your, yeah. I mean, every time you keep putting him in these positions, he's stepping up and hitting home runs. So he is, and he's going to keep, and he's going to keep hitting home runs. And like at IWC, man, like within the next year, I see guys like Tito, Spencer Slade and Cole Carter really stepping up and you know, like carving a path for themselves. Oh yeah, most definitely. Uh, have you suffered any other injuries in wrestling that cost you time away from the ring? I've never had any injury keep me from the ring. And like this one here won't either. Um, I did have a, oddly enough, same foot, a foot injury that I suffered. The two injuries I'm going to talk about, like weird happenstance happened in August. Uh, this is September, but like around the same time of year, I hurt my foot. Uh, this would probably been 2011. Was it the right? same foot too? Same foot. Yep. Oh. Uh, this is a different part of the foot. This is like, uh, if you're looking down with the outside of your foot, like that bone there, this was nobody's fault either. I took a backdrop and a real shitty ring where the boards had separated and my foot just clipped oh. one of them. Oh man. It felt like I broke my foot then too. Well, we're supposed to do a, I was supposed to have a match later on that night. Watch your feet here, guys. I'm going to drop a name. Um, <laughs> I was supposed to have a match later that night against Gangrel, and I couldn't – again, I couldn't put weight on my foot. And they're bringing me ice, bringing me ice, bringing me ice to numb my foot up, and I couldn't even lace my boot. And they're like, fuck it, we'll scrap it. We'll scrap the match. We'll scrap the match. I was like, bullshit. I'm on the poster. I'm advertised. I'm clearing the curtain. So at the last minute, I decide this ice isn't working somebody get me uh, uh, like a bucket or a big bowl. And I don't know how the fuck they found this at a wrestling show. They bring me this giant bowl, like a big mixing bowl full of hot water. I soaked my foot in this bowl of hot water for about 20 minutes, pulled my foot out. And all of a sudden I could put weight on it and move around a little bit. So they ended up making it a six man tag, but it was enough that I can put my boot on, pull it tight get out in front of the audience and do what I needed to do. Yeah. Fuck man. You're a machine for yeah. sure. Son of a I'm, I'm surprised you didn't have the, the casual gangrel limp after. Cause it wasn't his from breaking it, his foot in that like a little platform thing that he had. I, it may have, may have been I, from what I had read one time, that little platform he always came up on like his foot. He wasn't uh, paying attention where it was. Cause he was too busy yeah. looking up and it caught his yeah. foot. And that whole gangrel walk that he has basically yeah. came about because he fucking broke his foot. And then Vince was like, I like that shit. So then he just kept doing it even after it healed. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I've never heard that. I'll have to look into that. Yeah, dude. That's crazy. Um, I had another one where at my shoot job, I had I wasn't paying attention and I had slipped. I had fallen backwards and broke one of my ribs. This was 2000, yeah, 2019. This was two days before an Empire State uh, event. Slipped, fell backwards, broke one of my ribs in the back. And it was, if you're familiar with the Buffalo Brothers, they were in a bad car accident earlier that year. This was Kevin Blackwood's return to ESW. And we had already worked this out. And here I am now with broken ribs. I worked a match earlier that day against Jimmy the Hippie. Same shitty ring that I hurt my foot in a few years before, by the way. But, um... I ended up hurting my hip 
And then I went up to ESW and I had a broken rib and a bruised hip. And I thought, I can barely walk. This is this kid's return match. How are we going to get through this? Yeah. Ended up, I can remember walking through the curtain thinking, I can barely walk. How am I getting through this? Completely crushed it, knocked it out of the park. Dude, luckily the rib injury healed up faster than expected. I think I was only three weeks before that healed up where I could take bumps and not feel it. Fuck, dude. You're a savage. (laughs) You're a fucking madman, Bill. Yeah, those are uh, are some – and I don't know how I get through some of this. Like when they put me on the poster, I've always had a – I heard stories about how they would treat – how Undertaker would treat like his bookings and like if he's advertised he's gonna be there and like the stories of him like work and hurt working through pain and i was like oh this guy can do it i mean i'm not making undertaker money but if this guy can do it i mean why can't i fuck yeah so if i'm advertising here again hell or high water man in super indie 20 man i'm gonna be there all right bill so say this saturday then you do walk out perfectly fine i mean obviously you're gonna be hurting a little bit because it's Yep, Obviously yep. not going to heal overnight, but you get out of this match, you beat Tito. Now your next focus is on that Super Indy tournament. You're going in yeah, as um, champ, and you've beat, I'd say you've beat a majority of these guys in singles competition at one point or another, correct? Yes, Cole Spencer and Jake something. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, there you go. Um, by the way, I have a lot of fun working with Jake. I wouldn't mind... Uh, you know, the bracket shook down somehow and him and me were, were wrestling again. I wouldn't mind that at all. Hey, and what about first round, baby? Let's keep the energy right off the bat. I, d- I don't know who the uh, – I don't know – I haven't seen the brackets yet. I don't know who who's wrestling who. But um, I, honestly, uh, I would love uh, Anthony Green. I Hell wouldn't yeah. mind that. I wouldn't mind that at all because, again, I like working with smaller guys, and I think that would just be fun. That would be sick, dude. Do you feel yeah. having multiple matches or multiple victories over some of these guys? Do you feel that gives you an advantage going into this tournament? Absolutely. Not not just that, but like even though Spencer and Cole are there, I like home field advantage. Like I've been doing this longer than Cole and Spencer, and like being the champion, being an IWC, I feel like I have home field advantage for this. And I think if I'm not mistaken, only two guys have ever gone the distance, the two champions have ever gone the distance in the tournament and won. It, I could be three, like providing I made it through, you know, and retained this championship. Who are you most excited to see in this tournament other than you being in it, obviously? Um, again, I, I, Anthony Green is somebody that like I have, I feel like him and I would have really good chemistry. I've worked with Jake something before. I'm not opposed to that. Um, M-Dog would be another, like, real fun matchup for me. I think he's the sleeper in this tournament so far. Absolutely. I think he has potential to uh, to at least meet me in the finals. <laughs> Ooh, I feel it. Brother. Who throws up the biggest red flag to you in this tournament about maybe giving you the most concern or maybe the hardest competition to get through? Spencer, Spencer Slade. Um, not so, like I don't know. Like uh, I've never met uh, Hammerstone, but um, he, he's a big, jacked up dude, man. He's, he looks strong, man. He looks powerful. But I don't know if anybody's got the gas tank 
that Spencer Slade has, man. When he grabs another gear, he's unbelievable. It's just, it's like the kid doesn't wear out. So he's geared for something like this. Who do you uh, think should fill that last spot? Like maybe, because right now it's, it's questionable who it is. If you were the one booking this, who would you put in that slot? Um, I saw one of the posts, call me biased. I saw one of the uh, suggestions was my buddy, Jimmy, the flying hippie. I think he would be a, you know, slide him right in there. That could be a really good, really good spot. Um, I think all of a sudden with Lee Moriarty being signed uh, with AEW, by the way, congratulations, Lee. That's yeah. fantastic. Big congratulations, Dan. Um, man, I, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Daniel Garcia slip into that. I think he'd be a nice little, nice little addition to that. Um, or even Elijah Dean, I'd like to smack him. Everyone's saying like young Tony and that's great, but like, give me his mouthpiece once. I, I, I want a piece of that dude. You're not afraid of Tony giving or uh, dime giving you the squeeze for the one time. <laughs> not at all, bro. <laughs> or, or for all of that, you know, another match that I'd be looking to have it. Uh, IWC is a uh, Paxton Calloway. Hell yeah. Now we're talking. Yeah. Yeah, seven foot tall. Let's see how bad you are, dude. <laughs> I, say, I say you beat him and eat a cheesesteak after. Oh, absolutely. Hell yeah. You hear that, Ricky? <laughs> seven foot packs in Callaway. Let's, he's picking on little kids. Let's see how he does with me. <laughs> Hell yeah. I like, I it, like the sound of that a lot. Hell yeah. Well, we definitely wish you the best of luck, not only against Tito, but in the Super Indie Tournament. Um, typically, at the conclusion of our podcast, we end it with two different things. And the first one we do is a personal Mount Rushmore of your favorite wrestlers. Who's your top four of all time? Um, on a personal level, too. On a personal level, like, like there's no merit to this, but like guys that I've enjoyed watching and learning from. Um, Undertaker's always like my my number one guy. Like the Undertaker was is like that's my guy, right? Like right there. Um, John Cena would have to be like my one A. I'm a Cena guy. Like, I can't, like... I don't think there's you, been a show I haven't seen you on where you come wearing that John Cena shirt straight off the... Yeah. Like, Cena's my guy, man. How could it How could it not be? Uh, I also, like... And I know these, like, Cena and Orton are two of the, like, newer era guys for as long as I've been watching. But Randy Orton is phenomenal. Like, I love watching Randy Orton. He's so smooth. He, it's He's so smooth, it's disgusting. Like, I watch him, like... Dude, get him out of here, man. <laughs> He's like, if anybody argues this, I, I'll argue that you don't know what you're looking at. Randy Orton is absolutely the best in the world right now. The absolute best. Um, if you actually look at my gear, the trunks that I wear are unintentionally Randy Orton inspired. Like they're very Randy Orton-esque. Yeah, what are the at. names on, on the front instead of the back, right? Yeah, yeah, but like it's it's a little different, but like it's very Orton inspired, Orton inspired gear. Um, and my last one would probably be Bret Hart, as Bret was one of my favorites growing up. I love watching Bret's matches. Not at the time, you don't really know why you like watching Bret's matches, but they were always so good. But like knowing how to do this the way that I do, when you go back and watch Bret, he's magic, man. He's absolutely magical. And if there were an alternate to put in there, it would be Christian Cage. 
Oh, shit. Okay. I can appreciate that answer. Yeah. Christian Cage is criminally underrated for how good he is. 100%, dude. And that's what even the stuff he's doing right now in AEW. That Luckily, I was able to see him and Omega live during that first yep. Rampage show, and that match was just fucking phenomenal from top to bottom. I watched three matches that whole weekend because um, I was in the back, but I, I made my way out to watch three matches live. Um, the first one was Wardlow's. Um, I knew that – I shouldn't be saying this either, but I knew he was a little on the nervous side. I wanted to go out and watch and give him like real like, like like friend to a friend like hey yeah. man he I thought he did a phenomenal job a hundred percent um with and I thought it was spectacular I was so happy to watch him like be Wardlow the way he is with Chris Jericho yeah against yeah Logan. man oh yeah now we can all agree on that hell yeah and he I thought he looked phenomenal. Um, the second one was Britt Baker. Um, there's a little backstory there um, with Britt and myself. Uh, uh, yeah, fuck it. I'll tell this one too. Uh, Britt's very first match she ever had at IWC, when she come back through the curtain, I was the first one there waiting for her, for her first match. She actually messaged me that not too long ago to remind me that she still remembers that. That's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, no, that's yeah. love. Yeah, so I wanted to watch her match live. And the third match I wanted to watch live was uh, Christian and Omega because I knew it was going to be phenomenal. And, man, not taking anything away from the other two, but, man, was that match – like, it was deafening. Like, you were in the building. You could hear how loud the audience got for that. And, I'm, again, I'm not taking anything away from Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega's phenomenal. But Christian is just magic. That guy is just magical. Like the things he does is so on point. It's like, wow, man, this guy is is criminally underrated. Like he should be on top of the business. Absolutely, he should. Totally agree with you, dude. Yep. Um, the second thing that we end the podcast with, actually, before we get to this, so you're a Bret Hart guy, Montreal Screwjob, real or fake? Um, bear with me. I'm going to say that it was legit. Here's why. It was too perfect. That I a hundred percent agree with you. So it was too perfect. You couldn't have written that that way. And I say so a, a lot of times life is stranger than fiction. That's the only thing that makes me think that had to be legit because it was just too perfect. Everything was just like, you're, you're kidding me, right? You couldn't have written that that well. Yeah. No one could have. The, it, it reminded me of a few years later, if you're a baseball guy, um, in 2004, the Boston Red Sox won the World Series for the first time in 86 years. Do you remember in the American League Championship, they were down three games to nothing to the Yankees. They were down to like their final outs. Davey Roberts steals second base. Big Poppy hits the game-winning uh, walk-off hit to bring Davey Roberts in. Then they go on to win the next three games, beat them four games to three. You can't write that. Yeah. You can't make that up. Yeah. That just has to happen. I thought the Montreal screw job was the same thing. It's, you can't write that. 
That that had to be legit. Had yeah. to be. Only 100%. because it was that strange. 100%, brother. I, I totally agree with that. But to get to what we do with the, at the end of the podcast, that we always hit our guests with 10 random questions. Now, these 10 oh, random yeah. questions aren't by us. They're by people that have either been on the show, people that listen to okay. the show, all that. And we have them on a giant list. And then we just... So basically, these 10 weren't selected just for you. It just continuously okay. down the list. Okay. First right. question I'll, is... I'll it. What's that, brother? I'll do my best then. All right. Perfect. Uh, first one is, have you ever been to a casino? And if so, what's your favorite game to play? Uh, I'm not a big gambler. I'm not a big casino guy. But um, if I were, it, it would be like... You know, random electronic machine. You know, I, I, I mean, there's a casino. I live in Niagara Falls. There's a casino. I can look out my back window and see it. Um, I very rarely visit it. They have a great buffet. I like, I'll do that. But not, <laughs> not a big gambler. I can respect it. Uh, number two is, are you a fan of NASCAR? Uh, to a degree, I am, yes. Um, I don't keep up as much as like a diehard fan, but I – I'm, my family grew up on it. My grandfather was a an old dirt track you know, driver. So racing and NASCAR and being around like fast cars and all that, that that's been instilled in me since as, as long as I can remember. So I am to a degree like a, a race fan. Got you. Number three is who's a musician you don't think gets enough credit or respect? Insane Clown Posse. I can definitely yeah. actually respect yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't expect that answer. I Sheesh. wasn't expecting it, but I can definitely respect it. Hell yeah. How could, how could you not respect two guys that the business wants nothing to do with, but hustled their way to being millionaires anyway? With Can't no help. help. No help. Just feet on the ground. How can you not respect that? 100%, dude. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, number four is what's the worst date you've ever been on? Oh, man. I'm sure there's been some. Uh, <laughs> I um, I would have to date back to. I'd have to go back to high school for this. I got set up somehow. On this is a weird one. We're gonna get into this a little bit. Somehow, uh, I ended up getting a phone call at my house one night looking for a relative of mine, and the girl on the other end was looking for a relative of mine for her friend, and. I was just curious and, you know, we get to talking a little bit and then we end up meeting and it was just a, a it was a disaster. If we could have just stayed talking on the phone, <laughs> that'd be one thing. But like we're young, we're kids and like, oh man, it was the worst, absolute worst. Cause you're like 16, like the mother has to pick you up. You're sitting <laughs> in the back of the Dodge Omni or something like that. Hell yeah. <laughs> it was really rough. Yeah, probably probably 15 or so. (laughs) Hell yeah. Uh, Number five is, have you gotten COVID at all during the pandemic? I have. Um, What was your experience? Now, I'll get into that too. My experience with it is I had it, didn't know I had it. I only know that I had it because I had an antibodies test done. Um. I had one day in December of last year where the air was kind of heavy and I just thought I was run down. 
Um, I'm really hard on my body between the wrestling, the traveling, and I'm, I don't know if you can see this now. I'm in my gym right now. Yeah. We wrap. Yeah. Cool posters on the wall. Hell as soon yeah. as we, as soon as we wrap this up, that's what I'm doing. I'm gonna start pounding weight here. But um, I just felt like the air was a little heavy. It was December. Maybe I'm coming down with something. Like I get sinus infections from time to time, um, but I don't generally get sick ever. And I thought what if this is COVID? Cause like the air is a little heavy. It burns a little bit, kind of feels like bronchitis. I felt okay though. Um, not even like the flu where it like wrecks your body and you're like, Oh, and I like the aches and your body feels heavy. And I thought if this is persisting by tomorrow morning, I'll go get looked at. Cause it was later in the evening and I went to bed kind of early, woke up the next day and I was just fine. Just fine. Good so I shit, had dude. maybe three or four hours where Again, the air was heavy. It didn't even stop. That was a Saturday night into Sunday. It didn't stop my leg workout that Monday. That Monday, I come up, I did legs, just like nothing happened. You have a broken foot, and you're going to wrestle, Bill. <laughs> nothing's stopping you. Who like? Um, but like, I don't know what some other people's experiences are with it. I hear like different scales of it, but mine, for the most part, I couldn't smell for like a day or two, and I had like maybe three or four hours where the air was a little heavy, but like, other than that, that was it. Like it was barely, if COVID wasn't a thing, I would have never thought I was even, I'd have never thought I had anything. Yeah. Got you. Uh, number six is how many flat tires do you think you've changed in your life? Oh, wow. A good 20 of them. Holy and shit. Good 20 flat tires. Uh, it's what happens when you're young there's not a lot of money, and then you start tra- traveling for wrestling, man, you change some flat tires, man. Fuck yeah. <laughs> probably, say, probably a good 20 flat tires. Uh, number seven is where's one place you'd like to go on a vacation that you haven't yet? Oh, that's a really good one. Um, someplace I'd like to go that I haven't gone yet. Ooh. Let's I would either like to travel to Europe or I've never seen the Grand Canyon. I've been to a lot of places like the Grand Canyon for me. That would be something I'd like. I'm into like, like visuals. Like I said, I live in Niagara Falls now. The falls are only a few blocks from my house. And it's still a thing for me to go there and just like sit and observe and look at. So like, like I'm into, I'm into weird things like that. Like the no, Grand that's Canyon. cool. I like that shit. Yeah. Sitting up and seeing something like that you can't build with your hands something only carved out by nature man Ooh, I think true that's damn i never really thought of it that way either yeah i like that can't build it with your hands man exactly yeah Ooh. What, where's a place in europe that you could think of that you would is there any pinpoint location right now uh i, I want to see like um <clears throat> i i would wouldn't mind going to france like the eiffel tower is a big deal because again, like that is something that you build with your hand. That's a spectacular looking, you know, monument. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Uh, Venice, I wouldn't mind that. Like the streets, like like those rivers and like yeah. streets. For I think that would be pretty cool. Um, seeing some of the culture that goes with that and like some of the food, I would like to steer clear of Japan. Um, not for any other reason than I don't know when I go over there what I'm gonna eat. <laughs> so that takes that off the table. <laughs> I got you. Uh, number eight is, do you brush your teeth in the shower? No. I, I don't know if I agree with that, 
but like there are times when you're running behind and that might be where you do it but like i know you gotta save some water dog (laughs) (laughs) um number nine is do you collect anything i do i i collect uh not so much recently but i do collect wrestling memorabilia um most of the stuff on the wall here is my brother-in-law's but uh i have a a collection of undertaker figures um including the the old hasbro style ones the small Hell ones. yeah yeah that's, that's cool um i have a bunch of like undertaker memorabilia and call me weird for this one i have a collection of replica belts that i'm pretty fond of even the undertaker limited edition the one they had about a year and a half ago or two years ago the limited edition undertaker belt is only one of 500 it comes but in yeah I think I know exactly what that looks like. Yeah, no, that is badass. Yeah, it was like eight hundred dollars, man. And, Dude, no, that uh, thing is I, badass. I have that, and I'll tell you what: if I can find it, I know there's a uh, there's a belt maker in Pakistan. I would have never guessed this was a thing. There's a belt maker in Pakistan, and one of the fans at IWC actually has replicas yeah. of all the IWC belts. He hooked me up with the group, and. There's a, I'll send you the, this picture if I can find it quick after we're done, but it's a concept belt that WWE had right between the winged eagle belt and the big round attitude version belt. Not a lot of people have seen it or even know this thing exists, but it's a concept belt. And I want to have this thing made because it doesn't exist. That's oh sick. yeah. I've never even heard about I gotta, that. I, I, I got to look that up. Yeah, I gotta see what that looks like. Yeah, it's actually a pretty unique looking thing. I'm gonna, I'll dig that up for you. It's nice. a cool concept. That's awesome. Uh, being that you're such a big Undertaker fan, have you ever got a chance to meet him? Um, I've seen him wrestle a bunch, but I've never got a chance to like meet him, shake his hand, say hello. I don't know that if I, I don't know that I want to be the guy to like, hey, how's it going, and like shake his hand and interrupt him, like, you know, <laughs> did you see like? Guys at that level, they get interrupted like the pisser with nothing but their junk in their hands. Yeah, right. People get weird, man. I don't know if I want to be that weird. Yeah, I hear you. Well, I'm sure Henry being on the uh, last show was pretty cool, too, being part of the BSK. BSK, and we actually had a a mild conversation about it, and it was pretty kick-ass, man. Henry Godwin's a really cool dude. Um, Yeah, we we got to chop it up with him outside of the uh, carriage in, and he was, like you're saying, dude. Super down to earth, and he was telling us all kinds of cool stories. Yeah, great guy, man. Um, I wish we could have him around a lot more, honestly. Oh, so great. do we, man. Yeah. Yep. Um, and the last question is, what's something you think everyone should try in their life at least once? Ah, uh, I would say playing an instrument. It's one of those. It's one of those things that pretty much anyone can do. Anyone can try. Anyone can try to learn it, and it gives you a respect for like, it's not hard. It's, you're not going to hurt yourself. like wailing on a, you know, a drum, <laughs> but like learn, learn to play an instrument, I think. Uh, and it's one of those things that if <clears throat> I still have time, it's one of those things I'd still like to learn to do. Is I was going to say, do you, do you play any instruments or is it something you'd like to do? It's something I'd like to try. I don't even know if I'd be good at it. I don't know if I carry rhythm or not, but like, I think so. Like, trying to play an instrument, I think it, it would be uh, relieving stress wise. I got you. Is there any instrument you'd have in mind? 
I would love to play the guitar. Like I know people that do and they're, they're pretty good at it. And I know some people are self-taught, so it doesn't seem like it's not that it's difficult, but like, it seems like it's something that I could pick up because right now with, with my one-year-old daughter, man, I, I, I play a mean, like my little pony piano. Right oh, now. hell yeah. <laughs> Me too, brother. <laughs> um, yeah, Bill, thank you for coming on the show before you go. Is there any things you'd like to plug between social media, merchandise shows, any of that good stuff? As of right now, I don't have much in the way of merchandise because I'm not because I'm lazy. I'm, I run out of time a lot. But uh, you guys know because it's been how long. To, I mean, I'm going to get on with you guys. I'm going to get on with you guys. Finding the time for me is uh, it, it, it's tough. You know, I work a full time schedule trying to fit the gym. Uh, I have a baby at home. I have another son that a lot of people don't even know that I have because like, he's older. Um, you may have seen I, I bring him to the shows at IWC with me. Um but uh, between all of that, my traveling, it, it's tough for me to find time for uh, much else. So not a lot in the way of merchandise or anything to plug right now. I would just say keep tuned into my uh, social media and it'll let you know where I'm going to be and when. I got you. Uh, before you go as well, we also typically on the show, we have four of us and me okay. and Joe are the main two. And the one of the, the people on here is named Chaco. And he is obsessed with Ella Shea. So I think deliberately to piss him off, his girlfriend has come to the shows and she says she's obsessed with you. So if you'd like to give a quick <laughs> shout out to Gene, we would appreciate that. Okay. <laughs> Gene, how you doing? I'm completely flattered that you're enamored with me. Um, I don't know who would be, but thank you for being one of them. Um Hopefully we'll get you a uh, front row for IWC 20 and you can watch me do what I do. Hell yeah. Oh, hell the yeah. Big win, baby. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh man. You're the man, Bill. Thank you for coming on. And we definitely hope to have you on again. I appreciate it. Guys. Thank you for having uh, me. Most definitely. Thank you so much. Good night. Yep. And always remember that's the,